The following is a paid program and does not necessarily reflect the opinions of the staff or management of visionary-related entertainment. Aloha Maui Nui! Episode 40, I wanted to say that. Episode had to say 40. <laughs> Welcome, uh, folks, this is The Solar Coaster. Uh, we are at episode number... 40. 40, you just said it. <laughs> Can't believe it. Uh, it's a really cool episode. Episode 40 is actually a bit of a family affair here. We're doing drones and renewable energy with this fella named Brian Verkart. Very similar... No, uh, no relation. Yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go. So really excited. We've been talking about this for a while, Brian. Thank you so much for coming hey, to the show. Welcome to the pleasure. Solar Coaster. Thank you, sir. Great All to right. see you. And uh, so Brian, now Brian and actually, go, I go way back, but apparently you guys go way back a little further. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. Brian is actually my brother. Yeah. Um, we've been playing in the, uh, the the space for a little while, in the airspace of, of Maui for a little while. Um, I've kind of fallen off, but Brian, well, has, Brian has maintained his status as the drone guy. <laughs> <laughs> Through my early years, you were my tech guy you helped me through all the software you helped me get everything starting to work together nicely sure sure so brian Excellent. brian you know you and i we actually work together I, i've hired you for my solar company maui solar project a yep. handful of times we've done a few things i couldn't remember how many different things but maybe two or three um, jobs or something like that yeah uh, just probably less than half a dozen right. uh, but a, a lot of that was for your uh your m a uh, marketing and uh right yep yeah. Yeah, marketing staff, right? <laughs> so I, but the one that stands out in my mind is actually the Real Estate Maui Now cover of yep. the Launi and Poku house, and it was spectacular. And just so everybody knows here, Brian really is a consummate professional. He is extremely detail-oriented, extremely focused. He kind of is like super buttoned up and ready to go and ready to kick butt whenever he does something. It's just Brian's nature. Did yeah, we, 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 come, we come from an engineer family, yeah. and I think that kind of goes without saying <laughs> for everybody here. Yeah. And so the Lani and Popo House, I remember that one, and that was my yep. kind of one of, I think that was probably like the, one of the, the bigger projects. Yep. And then you had this huge, awesome drone. It was like maybe an octo or something like yeah, that. Yeah, that was a, a big octocopter that we put a full frame camera under right. to get you the best resolution we could because we knew it was going to be a magazine cover. So yeah. we had to make sure that everything was spot on perfect for you. Yeah, and I show that off to this day, so thank you very much for Excellent. that amazing to hear. Uh, experience. And then, you, of course, you were working with your wife, Sue, at the time, and you both yep. had your blue uh, Sky Aerial uh, gear on, your hats and your shirts, and everything yeah. was like uh, really, really uh, professional. So we get a, we, we were thinking about doing a, a, a drone episode because we kept seeing, Jay and I kept seeing drones emerge into the space in the discussion of renewables. And, you know, we're like, well, who else would be better than Brian? We could go start, you know, searching around the world for the for the drone expert. We're, we're pretty sure you're that guy. <laughs> so, yeah, at, at, the, at the very least in the state, I would, I would I'm very comfortable saying that. Thank so, you. Thank you. Yeah. I, I yeah. try to make sure that I'm always in the loop, whether it's for federal regulations, whether it's for the emerging tech and how things are working with the drone market itself. Absolutely. So we're really fortunate to have you in here, and we're going to uh, we're going to we're going to really kind of like pick your brain and move forward and learn all about drones and renewable energies today on this show. So uh, let's d jump right back into our housekeeping and get this out of the way. We are the Solar Coaster uh, right here in lovely Maui County. Fridays at 1:05 p.m. here at KOI 11:10 a.m. Uh, we also on some FM stations, 96.7 FM Central Maui, 96.5 FM Westside, 98.7 FM Upcountry. Uh, and then we do have a website, right, Jay? 
We do. The solar-coaster.com website is where you can go and get the live stream, uh, which is our video right now. Everybody wave. Oh, hey. Yeah, we do that doing? every week. Hey, uh, <laughs> or you can also click on the Listen Live. If we're online, you can get us anywhere in the world. Um, obviously, you need to be airing because that's a live uh, radio link. But you can also go back and click on the podcast tab and get literally every show that we've ever aired previously. So if you have a question about a different topic, go in there, dig through the old shows. Um, by this time, we've talked about an awful lot of stuff. If you have some a question on solar, it's going to be in there somewhere. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then we've got we've got you know um, also the blog over there. We have some we've done some transcriptions a couple of shows. We're going to try to build that out moving forward. Yep. We've got um, you know some press releases, some different kinds of content up there. And so yeah, check it out. It's a great website, and uh, we really uh, appreciate any feedback you have on that. Absolutely. Okay? Give us feedback down the bottom of the website. There's a little place where you can put in uh, questions to us. Comes right to the email. Uh, we can even if you can't call in during show hours, uh, send us your solar questions, and we can we can address it. Uh, finally, if you do go to the YouTube or something, hit like and subscribe. We really love that, and we want to know people are out there. Let us know, uh, guys. So we let us know. Can keep doing this. It's actually <laughs> really a wonderful thing because we see a lot of the times it's like an installer or like a company, and it you know Brooklyn Solar Works. Shout out to Brooklyn Solar Works. Yeah, You're listening. thank you. Guys. Thank you. And then. <laughs> I'm going to get a list of all the guys that actually uh, subscribe and or, or listen or whatever. They, whatever they do, any actions on our social media for installers, I'm going to say their name on the Absolutely. show. Absolutely. we got to do that, right? There's yeah. a handful of other guys out there. You're about to get a shout-out in the next couple of shows. So uh, we are sponsored by a great stable of companies, Maui Solar Project. Tabuchi Electric America, Sonen Battery, and Pika Energy. These guys are all leaders in their in their respective areas in the renewable energy space. Yep. Thank you, right? sponsors. The guys on the right side of solar. They keep us on the air, and we really appreciate them. Absolutely. Thank you, guys. Uh, and then we're up in the podcast platforms, too. So if you're a podcast person and you do that thing, I never really dug into a podcast personally, but now I'm starting to kind of explore it because of yep. the, you know, we're there. And there's a lot of neat content out there. So if you're in the podcast, we're on iTunes, Stitcher, and TuneIn. Uh, do whatever it is you do on a podcast platform. <laughs> <laughs> look, look for us. We're the solar coaster on the podcast platform of choice. Absolutely. So let's jump right into news and events, guys. Here we go. Okay, the first thing I've got is uh, at the from uh, coming out of the Guardian, uh, sustainable business 2017. It's actually from February. We were going through and looking for drone related news. Like I said, we keep finding them. Every so often, one pops up, and it is like, wait, they're doing what? And so the conversation kind of is, well, drones, that's cool, and they're coming. They're not coming. They're here. And yeah. these are all the examples of this. So this is way back in February. Uh, dro ro drone Robot Solar Power Plant Energy is the name of the article. But what it's actually about is how drones are helping design solar power plants of the future. Okay, yeah. And I remember, and, and Brian, just, you know, what we did is we captured a bunch of stuff that was in the news today and, and throughout the year and really tried to kind of, like, I was thinking of it was from a chronology, right? It's like, what's going on in the design space? What's going on in O&M space? What's going on in the residential space? So so different areas that how drones are kind of infiltrating the uh, renewable energy market. And this area right here struck, struck me because, uh, you know, I've actually been in that position as a guy on the ground. And I've been out there in the field that's basically a bunch of cane grass in like, you know, five <laughs> acres and with on the back of the truck with the blueprints of the design that's already planned out and the land lease over here going, I th and, and then Google, Google Earth opened over here. I think it's here, right? Yep, yep. But what they're doing here with drones actually takes that whole process that took me, I, I, I'm serious, took me like a week to prepare for and days to figure out on site, probably could be done in, I don't know, minutes? Yeah, depending on um, the size of the property, this can be scaled down to, uh, instead of having a survey team out there for a week to get you accuracy, we can fly a drone and in a matter of hours, or if not within a 24-hour turnaround, we can get you sub-centimeter accuracy for That's scanning remarkable. the property. 
That's remarkable. I remember literally the owner, this guy, uh, this fellow Everard, he's a really remarkable guy, brilliant guy, owns an uh, engineering firm. And he's in great shape, and he's probably like late 50s, you know? And I'm not so much in great shape. So he, and he's out there with the, with the blueprints, like running the perimeter of the TMK, going, there, <laughs> there, you know, and the yeah, flags. Yeah, yeah. So this actually, I can completely understand how this would make a major uh, impact on our ability to design and really get ahead of the game with a solar farm, you know? That's a really remarkable thing. So that's one aspect of how drones are infiltrating the renewable energy space and making the job of of renewable energy is more effective, right? Yeah, right? So very cool. So check that out, folks. Sustainable Business 2017 uh, Drones in uh, Solar Plant uh, Energy, right? Yep. What else we got here, Jay? Okay, so the next article comes in from Internet of Business. It is um, solar industry looks for drone looks to drones for competitive edge. Now this is this was really interesting to me because they literally go through um, why you would want to leverage this technology. It's they're mm-hmm. very they're very specific. High quality area of footage um, is is useful for any number of planning. Obviously planning, but then later on. Thermal inspection was the big the big thing. Uh, you were very specific on this one, yep. <laughs> but going through and actually finding if you have this giant hundred acre solar farm, how do you identify the panels that are misfiring, malfunctioning, or even potentially maybe there maybe there hasn't really been a dip in an energy curve yet, but it's coming and you can actually identify them before failure. I totally get this. To be proactive. I totally get this. And on those same same uh, fields that I'm describing, in fact, um, my uh, former VP of operations, Emily, called me this morning to confirm the size of these four solar farms. This morning, yep. she texted me and said, Josh, what is the size of the fence? You know? And I'm like, uh, yeah. And I gave her the exact AC and DC sizes. And uh, you know, you're out there on one of these systems, and these are actually relatively small farms, like a 1,200 panels, 1,300 panels per farm kind of thing. But the the way they operate, there's not like a residential system. A lot of residential systems are panel level optimization, like 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 uh, like Wes's, like your father's right. system, right? And so you can see it right on your phone exactly what's happening on each panel. These systems, however, they have combiner boxes. They have like, you know, 12, 13, uh, 12, 14 panel strings. Mm-hmm. And so you, ha- you can see voltages. You can see kind of, uh, you know, uh, larger level data or higher level data on the performance of that system. But if it's lower, then you have to diagnose. Right, and so you're not going to get that on your phone. You're going to get like r- broad level energy curve for in this case 250 kilowatt AC. Right, right yeah, <laughs> it's going to be like this right. is what's going down for the whole <laughs> yeah. field. You get but a if, simple flag of hey something is wrong. Right, and right. it could that's be it, it could be as simple as a leaf. Mm. Right, yeah, a leaf. A leaf <laughs> will the grass has grown a little too high, you know. And that's exactly yeah. what it always is. Yeah, the cane grass out in these yeah. fields, you yeah. know, out in Kapalua and the Pili. And um, but in this case, you know, I always dream. We talked about this when these things were going in, yeah. Brian. I always dreamed of like that happens. A certain you know, a, a certain threshold is reached on a combiner box level or on a on a whatever a string level or even whatever. And then boom, out pops the auto robot drone and boom, 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 yeah. and yeah. flies right down to that particular string and goes and has like a thermographic flare or something. Yep. And then tells us which mod to replace. Yeah, I that's, remember this conversation right, five years ago. Right, five years ago. And now man. this is real. It's, it's happening real. now. <laughs> so this is actually happening today. So five years ago, yes, we're sir. chatting about this stuff. Yep. And now this is actually a, a this is a this is a, a market ready service. Yes. Uh, these these drones they'll go out there and exactly as you said, it's a thermal imaging camera. And if you've got a single panel or a single crystal that's causing a panel to uh, underproduce, then the drone will go out and depending on the size of the field, again, if you've got kilowatts, it's really quick turnaround. If you've got megawatts, well, that's a really big field, so it's going to take a little longer for the drone to move. But a drone can fly at upwards of 60 miles an hour 
and that's a lot faster than your survey team going out there with FLIR cameras themselves. Wading through cane grass <laughs> that's 10 feet tall. <laughs> yeah, right. Right. Fast. Fighting those centipedes making, off. Making, yeah. making notes the whole way. Trim the grass. Absolutely. <laughs> okay, so we got these. So the, that, that, that yeah. was the, the final paragraph in this article is all about uh, autonomous missions, though. And this right. is a really interesting thing. So, again, being proactive, pre-planned with GPS waypoints, drones can quickly identify hotspots, defective panels, grass, glass cracks, and connection problems. Um, yep. All of these things. But automate, how, how far along is that autonomous? Like, just today. Today, uh, a lot of the BSAS machines can be run from an Android tablet where you never need to touch a radio control. No joysticks, no nothing. You can walk out there, you program this on an Android tablet because the Android's a lot more open source than the iOS. Mm -hmm. the, uh, the Android tablet, you touch where you want the drone to go, you tell it how fast you want it to get there, and then you push the go button and just stand back and watch, and the machine will take care of itself. Wow, so I could fly one. Yes, sir. <laughs> <laughs> so BSAS. We'll, we'll get back to that. <laughs> just so, just so uh, people can understand what BSAS is. Is that, ah, yeah, is you that your company? Sorry. Yeah. Uh, BSAS was a uh, Blue Sky Aerial Solutions. We are a company that's uh, transitioned originally. Uh, we were doing a lot of aerial videography, and that's what the general public believes that drones are really good for, is taking pictures and taking video. This is not the case anymore. We're now doing full industrial and commercial inspections. We're doing pre-construction. We're doing a lot more sensor suite analysis versus um, the, the, the video portion. So we've actually segued uh, more towards agriculture and industrial product design. Mm -hmm. So me as uh, a BSAS employee, I am an aerospace engineer. So I sit a, a lot of time in front of my computer and in front of my lab and manufacturing these drones to be able to be boxed up, sent out, and fly themselves for clients. That's nice. pretty pretty exciting stuff there, and I've seen that. I've seen you at your computer in your workspace in your in your <laughs> little Doc Brown, uh, your, your, you know, uh, <laughs> office back there. Yeah. Um, so uh, yeah, and then so let's take a look at a couple of these things that are happening in the space, and then what we're going to do is we're going to hear a, an in depth uh, kind of discussion about how drones, you know, arrived at this amazing kind of uh, capability that we're living in today. And then we're going to learn a little bit about the future focus too, what's going on. So we're going to have a big future focus section on this. Uh, usually it's kind of like the last thing we do and we're going, And we oh, miss it half the time, this right? Is, we, get, we get an opportunity <laughs> to talk future today, which I'm really excited about. So yeah. what's the next one, okay. Jay? What's the next one? Um, so out of renewableenergyworld.com, five reasons why drones are going to work for solar asset managers. Okay, yeah. Well, this is all optimization, right? Yep, um, yep. They go integration, efficiency, safety, productivity, accuracy. And why? Why? And why they? Why they would want to do that? Um, but the really, really interesting bit in this article is how bringing drones in-house may not be the best choice for a lot of companies. Totally get that. Um, so you really want somebody who knows the technology, specializes in using the technology, and can do it. They're, they're going to be able to do it better and cheaper than you trying to train somebody up. Because there are very, there are very specific rules and things that you need to follow these days. Mm, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, like of, of course, I I bought a drone, right? Yep. And it was uh, like a three hundred dollar drone from Amazon or something. And it was a trade show. My partner yeah, it was kind a trade, of a trade show. show. I, you yeah, you like, came home, you were so happy. I got a drone. <laughs> just like, yay! He's trying to set it up, up up in my backyard. I'm like, I don't we think went this to is, your I backyard. Think a good idea. We put it up. <laughs> I, I mean, I might have gotten about fifteen minutes of flight time. No, that I didn't. I didn't break no, it didn't, at your you house. You didn't crash at my house. I brought it home, and me and Juju were goofing around with it, mm -hmm. and then I broke it right away. 
Yeah. And now it's been sitting up in my, my loft for the last couple of years. <laughs> that's so, actually, that, that's a joke about uh, Christmas every year, about 8 million drones are opened, and then by about 2 p.m. that afternoon, there are only 1 million left. Totally, <laughs> totally believe totally, it. Totally, yeah. Absolutely. Totally believe it. Um, that's really amazing. Um, you know, the so I think that what's you know, what I can really speak to is when we think about the farms that, that are actually kind of under our responsibility, um, that notion of, of how to, to, to maintain these farms actually it, there is an O&M budget, and there is a requirement to do so. And your your revenue, because your revenue on these farms, typically they're like a feed-in tariff, where there's a price per kilowatt hour that you are paid, or the investor is paid, every month, right? So it calculates up the, fee, the, the kilowatt hours that it fed into the into the system, and then it writes you a check, right? It meaning the utility. So um, you know when when we have trouble, and we do always have various kinds of issues uh, when those things surface. Uh, if that could be addressed with a drone quickly and efficiently and cost effect in a cost effective manner, then that's the kind of thing that will allow us to optimize production, minimize operating and maintenance costs, and that's what the business is about. Yep, right? that's exactly so, what that's exactly totally what this it. whole article is all about. Um, asset managers typically work in a back office, monitor control system data, um, but this actually gets them real world snapshots of what's going on in in these production facilities. Um, the efficiency that we already talked about, uh, r massive reductions in inspection time for all sorts of things not just solar I mean, we've been talking about a lot about solar but wind is another is another major target uh, and we'll get to that um, legacy inspection approach just doesn't work um, safety safety is also huge um, you've got a safety first culture um, in utilities you know they, they absolutely need to make sure that when you're dealing with these massive high voltage systems um, that people are protected and when you don't need to risk a human in the environment at all best possible safety <laughs> in, right. in the as world. As long as right? there's no human soul involved, yeah. products can be replaced. If yeah, the drone exactly. does happen to fail and crash into a panel, okay, so you got to replace the panel and the drone, but no one's been injured, nobody's out there getting hurt. Right, right. More and more, like the, the, the costs associated with solar, whether it's from a pr uh, production standpoint or production meaning in the factory, mm -hmm. or uh, a, a, a deployment installation standpoint or an O&M standpoint, it's the labor that becomes the, one of the largest components of the cost structure, right? Right. So, you know, panels have plummeted in prices. Right now we're in this place where the storage has plummeted in prices. It's probably going to plateau, as we know, over the next couple of years. But, I mean, once again, the labor is really the tough part, right? Mm -hmm. So the, the drones have the opportunity, uh, for better or for worse, because people want jobs, we got to bear that in mind, right? Yep. Uh, they have the opportunity to really kind of scale down costs for the operating maintenance of the solar system. So that's really, really something special. Yep. Um, okay, so we jump to the next one. Sure. Uh, why drones are game-changing for renewable energy. This is actually, we're now we're getting pretty close uh, in the time horizon. So Amazon caused quite a stir. Uh, they were actually talking about drone delivery for package. Now, oh. how realistic is that? For those that's always well, the, I know you get asked this about 20 times a day. I do. Um, um, <laughs> the size of a drone to actually lift your standard Amazon package is prohibitively large. Uh, the FAA defines an SUAS, which is a drone uh, flying machine, as less than 55 pounds at takeoff weight. So that's batteries, that's the machine itself, that's payload, that's everything. Yeah, everything so, it's carrying as well. Yeah. <laughs> I you're, ordered 35 you're... pounds of dog food. Uh. <laughs> We're not going to replace FedEx, UPS, or DHL anytime soon. Um, uh, anything larger is considered an experimental aircraft, so you have to meet a whole oh. lot more stringent requirements for that. Uh, if you can carry around somebody's scarf or deliver a pillow, yeah, by all means, it, it will deliver it, but not very far. 
Yeah. Okay. <laughs> not not likely. Um, but but it, this this is actually really specific because they go through and talk about a lot of the companies that are actually using them already. So Duke Energy. Um, there are a couple other hidden here. Um, smartphone, solar installer, da da da. Um, a decent number of companies. Mm -hmm. But the, the, the basic message is that they're out there already. Um, there's a ton of, they go very deep into uh, inspection of transmission lines. Now, transmission lines, I know um, because of our experience with full scale helicopter, right. as an extremely dangerous job. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, this is, these, this is a, a job where people are killed. <laughs> regularly multiple annually, times a year multiple yeah. times didn't a you year. say it was one of the um, most dangerous jobs in, yeah. you know that 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 exists yeah other than alaskan king crab fishing it's probably one of the most dangerous jobs in existence because these guys are going out flying in helicopters and flying over high tension wires and then when they need to actually perform service this helicopter comes down near the top of the tower and this is where problems happen because the helicopter sits in an out of ground effect hover and if it happens to catch one of its skids under the wires and then try and escape that's it that <laughs> and the entire crew the helicopter the Can't. whole crew is done and yeah. sadly this happened multiple times in 2017 yeah and these are live wires too yep. i mean there's there's actual discharge potential uh there's a lot of i mean just what, what's what's it called that static, static effect yeah but there's it has, static it has, where it has, the guys it has actually, a name yeah they have a yes. pole first you have, you have to touch something. the thing to the thing before you can ever get yep. over there because it's just danger you know it almost it, 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 it kind of speaks to the the issue of robot robotics in general right because mm -hmm. there's this thing happening in the in the autonomous driving space of electric vehicles but there's this notion of how it could you may not be able to get a license in the future because it's uh it's it's dangerous for people to drive people right. make mistakes human error pilot error right yeah I've so heard, we're talking about the same thing yeah yep. the right? insurance on automotive uh it's been speculated that if you're going to drive your car you're going to pay higher insurance rates than some guy with an autonomous car this uh, yeah it's amazing and then so the, the you know the thought process here is basically just that you know this uh these the, the society didn't have a choice so we needed to put people at risk in a sense to, to, to do these jobs and they were a risk taker kind of job oriented people and they're like yeah I'll do that thing that's the kind of guy I am and I can handle it but then you know we if, moving into the future it, we may have a variety of jobs that were very risky that it just doesn't make sense to put souls at risk to, to use Correct. your language yeah. right yeah. and robots can better do that kind of work so that's that's really a that's like a major kind of stepping stone for, for society or humanity right when yeah. you peel people back from those really difficult dangerous places right yeah. it's yeah. wonderful stuff we, we look at the, the Fukushima disaster where they were sending in robots honda toyota all these major players and companies were sent in of we don't want to put human lives at risk doing mm. this inspection but we need to know what's going on so mm. they sent all the robots and yeah they're terrestrial drones but to some degree they are still drones they have right. some autonomy i learned that from you too you when you were talking you would call other types i would say drones and i would think only aerial everybody thinks that the life for yeah. rotor thing that you buy on Amazon, exactly, and that's right. not really the case. No. Uh, we did, we never liked the word drone in the first place, uh, and you yeah. you actually dropped the SUAS. Yeah, the the SUAS category. term, which <laughs> is what does small? that actually mean? The FAA classifies those things that fly around mm -hmm. as. SUAS, small unmanned aerial systems, because okay. in its entirety it is a computer system, and it's unmanned. So it's kind of self-explanatory. The FAA doesn't mess around, which is uh, our, our federal governing body, the uh, Federal Aviation Administration. These guys are the ones who tell us what we can and cannot do in the national airspace. Yep. And I remember, I remember having that conversation where, where the, early, the earliest drones were truly um, military. And that's the reason why we didn't want to use that word, because right. it implied 
an armed, yeah. <laughs> an yeah. armed yeah. aerial vehicle. Yeah. Or something, yeah. Right? yeah. So that I mean, this gives us a good sense. We just touched based on four kind of core articles that have been here throughout 2017 of what's happening today in the drone space, which sounds kind of like future focus, frankly. Yeah, but it, it's not. But this it's is not. this is now. In fact, most of these are from last year, or at least yeah. over the last year. So, these, so this is happening. It has been happening. Right. Absolutely. So it's like the question I have for you, you know, Brian, is can you give us a sense of how we got to this space and time, what the history of all this is? I mean, it's pretty amazing. You know, I mean, you know, just give us a sense. Well, the history of this has been around for a long time. The uh, the guys who go out there and they fly their alcohol and nitromethane radio controlled airplanes and oh, yeah. they, they have a loads of good times. There's no autonomy on those. Well, there wasn't for a long time. Nowadays, there are. Was that in the but 70s or something? Or yeah, how long ago was that? This is a long time ago. Um, I don't even have a number of when these were done, but I remember getting into flying myself in, oh, I want to say 1990 to date myself. Yeah, you, you were yeah. young. <laughs> I was really young. <laughs> and so I started out flying radio-controlled airplanes. After that, I started flying radio-controlled helicopters because they were more fun. They were mm. big. And then I ended up at my brother's recommendation, slapping a camera underneath one of these radio-controlled helicopters and triggering the shutter from a servo that actually pushed the button like <laughs> a finger. Yeah. Um, a lot of that has now since changed. I mean, we start out from 1990 to 2006. You fast forward 15, 16 years, and I built my first multi-rotor that was so very basic. And it had some very basic rudimentary. It would hold level in the sky. It had a GPS sensor that would hold it roughly in place, not entirely as locked in as the ones are today. But we started flying those, put a, uh, a real cinema camera under it, and started flying for... Any client that would say, hey, yeah, we want that, and we don't want to pay for real helicopter time. And mm. basically, the cost of doing business came in at half of what real helicopters would fly for. And now we fast forward today, and we've got machines that are really big to carry feature film and cinema work, which is kind of like hitting the lottery. It's wonderful to work for the Hollywood industry. It's really, you meet a lot of incredible people on the sets, but after a week or two's worth of work, you're done, and then you don't have that strike again for another year or two. Mm. Uh, so the smaller machines, and basically, the smaller machines are a lot less invasive for your average client. Uh, the people who fly uh, DJI, which is Daijang Industries, it is the Chinese leader. It is the apple of drones as they're billing themselves to be. And we've actually transitioned for a lot of our commercial clients to use these machines because nobody wants to pay for a four-foot octocopter that weighs upwards of 40 to 50 pounds carrying an $80,000 camera rig. And most clients don't need nor want that. Mm -hmm. So we transitioned those very big machines to fly for agriculture and industrial purposes where they carry a full sensor suite from visual spectrum cameras to near-infrared for NDVI inspections of agriculture to full FLIR thermal imaging for either search and rescue um, to uh, these the solar uh, inspections. You know, it's uh, it, it, when you're... so. I, I can see uh, how that movie space is kind of evolving, right? And that's kind of a very, you know, exciting kind of jazzy space to be in, right? Because you're oh, yeah. kind of, you know, you're rubbing elbows with famous people and stuff, and yep. and there's that whole movie kind of environment going on. I mean, have yeah. you thought about just moving to Hollywood and plopping yourself down and being the drone guy for Hollywood? New Zealand. 
Yeah, <laughs> New Zealand or Georgia. <laughs> Georgia's Georgia, getting Georgia, really Georgia, big. Yeah, big. <laughs> Which Georgia? Uh, hmm? Georgia, the, US, Georgia, Georgia, USA. Georgia, yeah, okay. Georgia okay. Beach. You see that Peach logo on things. That's oh, actually yeah. Georgia Film Commission. Okay. Okay. All of something, Walking something. Dead is filmed down there. Yeah. And is that they, a tax credit yeah. thing or something? <laughs> yeah, exactly that. Right? Okay. Precisely. <laughs> Georgia has But I'm saying New Zealand tax. because the scenery is just gorgeous. So, well, you know, one of the things I did notice, and I think I mentioned this to you over the years, Brian, is that having kind of a relationship with you and being able to talk to you about the evolution of drones. I, I would watch a movie and I would see an, kind of an, an un, a, a unique perspective in the air and I go, that doesn't feel like a plane. It's impossible that it's a plane, in fact. Right. And that's yeah. not from a from a boom because it's too Big much crane, movement. Right? And right. so it's probably from a drone. And I'd probably, I think I fired off a phone, phone call to you a couple times. I was like, I, I think I saw a drone in the movie. You know, and that started to kind of penetrate the, the cinemato- cinematography maybe over the last five years-ish or something like that. It's become fairly ubiquitous in the past five, ten years. Yeah. Um, you really started to see it in the mid to late 2000s. And mm. that's when people started to pick it up because the drones that would carry real cameras were now stable enough and big enough that you could put it halfway between a boom jib and a real helicopter. And it filled that niche to give you that very different perspective. Yeah, yeah. That's very cool stuff. I mean, I think that adds a lot to movies in general, right? Right. And so that's that's one area of the business. And you've had a couple of really cool experiences there. You shared that with us. <coughs> in, fact, then, in fact, you said it's almost overused at this point, right? People, oh, yeah. people are kind of kicking back against that. Do you uh, see? Right. Yeah. yeah. yeah I, I for a while, to, it was like it was like the secret sauce, and now, <laughs> now it's just everywhere. People see drone yeah. video and they don't pay it any mind. You see it on cheap advertisements. Mm. You see it at the very beginning of Hawaii Five O. You see it everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, but I kind of want drone video specifically to be used like saffron. <laughs> it's, it's really good it's when used valuable. sparingly, <laughs> and yeah. you get that incredible impact of wow look at that incredible shot Mm -hmm. but if it's overused well then you have just ruined the dish and then Mm -hmm. you your audience turns away right i get that i get that so what i heard in your description was that you know it reached this kind of pinnacle of capability in cinematography and in movies and then it became kind of almost like democratized in a sense because it became less expensive with dgi we have a um we have a representative of dgi here in maui their main guy is uh, randy j braun right yeah randy is one of their um uh, ambassadors he, or something like that? Yeah, uh, photo- photographic or video, uh, video ambassadors for DJI. And he spends a lot of his time here on Maui and produces some incredible stuff. Yeah, yeah. And then it, it, DJI and the kind of mass availability of these drones have made it um, more, you know, more cost-effective, I guess, right? Is right. that where you were going with it? Yeah, they've made it more cost-effective. They've put the, the drones in pretty much everyone's hands because you can now get into a really decent drone for less than 1000 US dollars. Right. Um, and that will get you up in the air and have some fun but at the same time you kind of have to keep your head about you and like you found out with the drone it's not as easy to fly as you think it is Mm, yeah so what's your topic right now can you give a plug is that cool which part uh, for, for the thousand dollar sub thousand oh, dollar drone, the, the sub thousand dollar drone. Well, yeah. DJI on the twenty third um, just released their uh, their Mavic Air, Mavic which Air. is basically just barely bigger than a Spark, but will shoot full UHD four K video. So that's the one to go with. That's the the newest, latest, greatest sub thousand right. um, dollar. If if you've got more, 
more money to burn, you can definitely sell us how to do it. Yeah, like yeah. many things, you can pay as much as you want, right. but... <laughs> yeah, some of the big cinema drones, if you want to carry mm -hmm. something like a Red Epic camera, that's a $50,000 machine. Yeah, but there are other considerations as yeah. well. Right? So this so gets we'll us get to, are we, are, uh, is that really the history of drones? Is there more to that where we're at right now, or is that kind of where it tails off the, the story? That's kind of where it sort of tails off. We've, we as uh, BSAS, and I've been doing a lot of research and development, and I talked about this very briefly about transitioning to agriculture and industrial side because everyone who can go to Amazon can now buy that sub thousand dollar drone and get pretty <laughs> decent video for social media YouTube possibly video it's not true cinema quality so we still have that uh, going for us and that's a lot of where uh, our commercial work goes is that we're shooting for cinema or we're shooting for clients that do have that desire for very high resolution very high quality and very stable footage yeah, and then, but there's for most folks the good enough. Yeah, and and, it, and good enough for I mean 4K at 60 frames is is pretty good enough. Right. Absolutely. <laughs> there's so many bad. different applications for this. Okay, oh, so yeah. that thank you for that, Brian. That was yeah. very helpful. Yeah. That gives us a sense of uh, on the first section of that news and events that what's going on in the space today, and then we were able to get a good sense from you as to kind of how we arrived at this 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 point in time. So yeah. let's jump into our commercials. Let's yeah. kind of uh, hear from our sponsors, and then when we come back, we're going to dig into what's going, where things are going. Right. Right. The, right. the, the real future focus show. Can't wait for it. Aloha and welcome to Maui Solar Project. It is easy to feel rejuvenated just stepping outside on a magnificent Hawaiian day. Maui Solar Project is here to help harness that energy you feel in your body and use it to power your homes and businesses. As Laura tells us, Maui harnessed the sun so as to slow its path across the sky. Join Maui Solar Project as we harness the sun's energy and slow Hawaii's dependence on fossil fuels. Call Maui Solar Project at 269-2352. MauiSolarProject.org. Tabuchi Electric, a leading worldwide inverter manufacturer, presents the second generation of the eco-intelligent battery system, the IBIS. Tabuchi's grid-friendly system includes a high-efficiency inverter, stackable batteries, and integration with Jelly software for the most adaptable battery storage system on the market. The system is optimized for energy management and cost performance. Maximize your solar investment with Tabuchi's electric eco-intelligent battery system. The Sonin Battery Eco is an energy storage solution that utilizes intelligent energy management software. The system is available in a variety of storage capacities and allows for expansion. Sonin Battery Eco allows you to save money by harvesting energy from your solar PV system and using that stored energy when rates are more expensive. Sonin Battery Eco is specifically designed to provide you and your family peace of mind in the event of power outage. Our unique power detection system will sense outages in real time and automatically switch over to battery power. See Sonin Battery Eco at sonin-battery.com. MIT-founded Pika Energy, makers of the Pika Energy Island, a smart energy management system that uses solar panels, lithium batteries, and intelligence to manage your energy and keep you powered even during outages. With a clean, intelligent alternative to grid power, you're in control of your energy future. Pika's Energy Island lets you manage electrical costs with HECO-ready self-supply functions. Pika's largest battery, the Harbor Plus, offers 16 kilowatt hours of stored energy and can power loads of up to 10 kilowatts. And if you need more capacity, just add a second or even third Harbor Smart battery to the same system for a maximum of 48 kilowatt hours of usable storage. Pika Energy, own your power. To learn more, visit pika-energy.com. All right, there's our uh, wonderful sponsors that keep the solar coaster on air. 
Yep, fantastic. Thank you again. Always, yeah. Thank you, guys. <laughs> thank you, really thank you, do. Uh, <laughs> without without you, we wouldn't be here. So, uh, and we just uh, had a great uh, experience with Pika out here on the islands too. So, we give him a shout out. Thanks for coming out for doing the training. We were everyone's super inspired by Pika. Don't get me talking about Pika. Two percent, ninety nine percent efficiency. DC, DC, DC. Yeah. <laughs> right. Good so we'll. Stuff. I still want to see the uh, the DC. Rebus appliances. Oh, ridiculous, man. I can't <laughs> wait. Be so cool. My, I, I would play. Yeah, anyway, so, so, so la, la, la. I'll stop okay. talking about that. So uh, very good. Thanks, guys. And then we're going to jump right in now to some of the stuff that I'm most excited about, which is where it are th- where is the future of drones in relationship to renewable energies and what are the capabilities as they're evolving, right? So we're really going to kind of stretch like 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 stretch your your drone, you know, brain muscles and find out the the information. So we're going to start out here with this China solar powered drone. Of course, we're in the solar industry and I've been talking to Brian about this forever. Hey, I want to power it with solar. Hey, I want to power it with solar. Okay, first of all, first of all, well, all of BSAS's drones are solar powered. There you go. Uh, Basically, it's, it's, uh, they're still battery powered, so don't right, get me wrong right. there. They won't fly right. in perpetuity. Yeah. But every single one of D, uh, of BSAS's drones are charged by the solar array on the roof. Nice. So we charge the batteries from the sun and then take the batteries and go out and beat the air into submission. <laughs> sounds, sounds like a... Uh yeah. Like our blue ion. <laughs> well, <laughs> well uh, you had, so, if, so do I understand right. right that you had a solar installation company install the, yeah. the solar? We actually had MSP do the ah, job. Yeah, I heard about those nice. guys. That's those nice. guys are pretty good. Little, I heard about those guys. Okay. Yeah, two six nine two three five two. By the way, if you want to uh, start your own renewable energy yeah. uh, power drone batteries business, from charge, solar. <laughs> yeah. charge your so, drone batteries from solar. <laughs> so let's jump right into this article, guys. What's going on okay. here? This is where you stretch the definition of drone a little bit because this is a large aircraft. Oh, that's it like is, an airplane is, to me. Yeah, it, it is an airplane. Um, 130 feet foot wingspan. Um, there, a couple of these other articles actually tie right into this, but we talked about doing this ages ago, is yep. taking one of those fixed wing aircraft, coating it as best we can oh, yeah. with some flexible solar panels and seeing what kind of range extension you can get. Well, apparently it's an awful lot because this is designed to stay in the air for months 65,000 feet. Yeah, and, and super, yeah, it's like literally skirting space. Um, it has a range, like vi- visual range of like 400 th- square miles. Yeah, 400,000 square miles. Oh, yeah. Because Whoa. it's up so high. <laughs> it's up so high, and it's also got a lot of surface area on those wings to capture the sun. Right, right, exactly. But that's just incredible to me. I mean, this this thing is this thing is is new. But I mean, this would be a technology that you could you could literally loft. I mean, how long is it until they're basically in the air indefinitely? And that's sci-fi territory. You know, these right. things we launch them and they never come down. Right. Well, <laughs> it is sci-fi, and sci-fi becomes science fact. Yeah. We've all seen that whole black and white video back in the day when people shot themselves to the moon in a bullet there well, you go what did we do <laughs> right we shot ourselves to the moon and now we've got these things where they fly around and take videos of us yeah. well now now we're going yeah for... i do, I do <laughs> the little the little ball that would hover and follow you around yep. well that and that actually that hap- that really does work and you can put it in the air the lily is making a comeback and they're trying it again to be able to throw this drone in the air mm-hmm. it will find you and it will just follow you around and be your personal videographer 
This is wild. this is really amazing. And <laughs> but <they're>, sorry, <laughs> I segued away from the solar. No, that's craft. A, that's, is, <laughs> that's okay. But, <laughs> but only a matter of time for the panel manufacturers to optimize their efficiencies sure. and be able to basically micro size this technology to put them on small drones, and then you just take it's it out ratios, in the sun, right? I yeah. Mean, yeah. Well, yeah. That, that was it. I mean, it was, when we were working with them, it was always a matter of the battery C rating, right? We had to pull yeah. a tremendous amount of power to lift the vehicle. Mm. Right. Since then, the batteries have gotten better. Mm. The vehicles have gotten lighter. Yep. And the But the energy, C rating is still the biggest still issue. Those lithium ion batteries that we hear about from Tesla and the other companies, mm -hmm. their discharge rating is not enough to beat the air and spin those motors and hold really? the craft up. It's not enough yet. Um, A Tesla lithium, Panasonic battery will not, the battery technology that they use would not work. I don't know about the new ones from the Gigafactory because okay. I don't have any of those in hand. Well, we'll get but you one. <laughs> specifically, the, the uh, Samsung 18650 lithium-ion batteries, the little cells mm -hmm. that come in the cars, they come, uh, they're probably mounted on the walls, and they build these huge battery arrays. Right. They only have a C rating healthily of about 1C, which is 1 times their discharge rate. So these batteries are rated at 3.4 amps. Each one can produce... Uh, 3.7 volts at 3.4 amps. That's not enough to really drive these motors. Mm. So okay. it's, it's wow. coming. We need some other um, form of energy to help supplement that. Right. And you and I were worked on uh, the, the sailplane and being able to throw these solar cells on the tops of wings. We were able to extend flight time. We were able to run all the avionics and servos, but just not drive right. the motors. Right, right. Mm, mm, mm. Very interesting stuff. So with uh, with these uh, these high um, elevation, very large drones with, you know, they have huge amounts of solar on them. Uh, there's some projects going on right now with uh, Facebook, for example. We've heard about that. I think it's in India, uh, perhaps, and they say it can utilize its high flight ceiling to maintain line of sight contact with over 400,000 square miles of ground and water. So what that means is that if you wanted to have internet access, for example, could these could they, they could connect with that space, that amount exactly. of ground Yeah, space. that was actually a Google project, and they've since canceled it, which is... Yeah, they pulled the plug. Kind of beyond me. That seems to be Did it go Google's... to the balloons instead? Because there's a balloon project like that working as well, We don't there? know. Yeah, there's okay. also... Um, they're, being, they're being very quiet. Yes. Okay, okay. So we get it. That's, that's, that's one thing that's happening now, and I guess it's kind of in flux a little bit as to how this like, high-atmosphere, solar-powered uh, drones, these ships, yep. and, and then what their duration is. Talking about several months of perpetual flying, right? This is just really, really wild stuff. Yeah. Um, I, from a solar guy's perspective, I think to myself, 60,000 feet, that's above most of the atmosphere. Right. I wonder what your uh, Sunday looks like there, like how much sun you have, mm -hmm. and then uh, also the kind of technology that might best optimize that sun, right? Right, because you're going to get. You could probably squeak out. Maybe it's an eight hour, a ten hour. I don't know how, but what that Sunday looks like. It could be really long, right? Right. And you get a lot more generation than you could on the ground. That's yeah. certainly a possibility. Um, okay, so let's jump into this next one here, guys. There's gets more cooler and cooler here. So it's this one uh, from nonstop for not several months, but for five years. Mm-hmm. So that was the next thing. It's just in the matter of days between this China one. And this next one, which was from, uh, it's it's actually Titan it's, it's actually yeah, it's Titan yeah. Aerospace, but it's a military contract. Right. Um, this one is is designed to stay in the air for five years. So, here we go. <laughs> yeah, it's it is coming down the pipeline. It's just a matter right. of the the research and the development to get us there. Yeah, um, but it's it's pretty much the same conversation. It's amazing how similar these airships look right they're 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 super thin fuselage 
super large wingspan. Mm. And of course, that wingspan is, is, and even the tail, which I thought was really unique, in the tail is actually covered in cells. Right. So right. just any possible surface area. Uh, is, it, is it worth it? I mean, that's, that's an extreme angle of incidence, I would think. But I suppose it any depends on surface where the, area. Any surface area. Any, so surface, any surface area is area. usable. And right. you also look at... But, it's, but it's weight. We talk grams or grams. And <laughs> yep. Grams or grams. But at those altitudes, the airfoil uh, will produce lift. The wing, mm -hmm. uh, the propeller on the front is so big because the air density down there is so low, you're really dealing with a lot less wind resistance. And so you can kind of combat the, the grams or grams sure. battle. You sure. know, the, it's, it's, I find it really remarkable that drones are playing such a key role in uh, in bringing access of something like Facebook to uh, the world, right? So if you can imagine Facebook's perspective, they're looking at an acquisition of this Titan Aerospace for sixty million dollars. To them, that's a little little like penny, you know. They're, yeah, right. They're used to yeah. buying things for billions, right? Chug, chug the so bucket. they're just saying we're going to grab this company for sixty million, hopefully, right? And then we're going to potentially have access to five billion more people. Now, if they bring that access, they're probably going to be able to control what's viewed, and then they have a huge market that is kind of controlled, right? It's, it's not. It's kind of a little concern actually right mm -hmm. so right now Facebook I think Jonah what they got about a, a, a million users or something a billion users I'm sorry it's only a billion users in that kind of territory so it's like that which is which is kind of you know precedent setting in and of itself but the thought of taking the rest of the world through drones that's what we're talking about right right essentially that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. spreading your two billion two billion two billion since yesterday, it's grown another billion. Yeah. What is that? What's <laughs> going on that's, here? And that's the Q3 of 2017. So there you go. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. And they've also got the Project Loon, which is the balloon. So they're kind of right. going at it from different perspectives. Google's right. doing the Project Loon. Yep. So, okay. So we, we've kind of pushed the, the, the envelope here, so to speak, with yep. uh, drones. I have, I have one here that you didn't actually uh, get, in the, get in the list, but this oh, is yeah? something you sent this morning. Okay. Um, and is, this is new from Green Tech Media, the Ann Arbor, Michigan-based Sky Specs, which makes drone systems for wind farm inspection. And this is what I was talking about. Wind farms are actually on the a major target now. Um, just finished their Series B capitalization. Um, these guys are really interesting stuff, but they are looking to make a completely autonomous system, which is literally 15 minutes of inspection for any any large uh, wind turbine structure. Um, so you, you basically push the button and it does it automatically and not only external but internal so this is again where you kind internal. of internal yeah. so up, where you up the shaft up the yeah yeah it's what's called what? a crawler yes and it will it's, it's again you're stretching the definition of drone but it's a completely autonomous it's a robot yeah it's a completely autonomous systems that's going through doing internal inspection inside the unit and so within 15 minutes they can do an entire inspection of a full wind turbine with no human interaction or insight at all. And these wind turbines, yeah. Brian, as I understand it, like two megawatt wind turbines. I was just talking to a wind turbine technician not maybe three weeks ago, and he was talking about how the seams were coming off on the actual uh, blades, okay? Yeah, delamination. Delamination, like two years into their lifespan, yep. okay? These are 20-year rated you know, uh, systems or whatever. And he's like, I'm up there with a hanging scaffold re-welding or re-riveting the seams on a blade of a wind, of a wind turbine that's 400 feet in the air. And I, that sounds a little bit dangerous to me. I think that might be more dangerous than the King Crab thing. <laughs> <laughs> I can't think of anything more dangerous. Well, just don't turn it I on. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, if you were juggling grenades while you're doing it, maybe it's more dangerous. But I mean, yeah, sure. that's as dangerous as it gets. Yeah. Right? But I see the problem. I, I have. I mean, this is these are inspection. Um, but how long until the drones can actually do the work? That's that's yeah. the question. Well, that's right it now, it still takes a human to go up there and do. Yeah, we still have the opposable thumbs. That's yep. it. Brian's giving that's me it. the thumbs. <laughs> um, we still have the tools 
to do those repairs. Right. Once we get into a space where you can mount a little robotic arm underneath your drone, then I think you're going to see some major major shifts there in, have in been capability. Robotic well. arms mounted to the undersides of drones, mm -hmm. and Whoa. people are claiming that this is now the first production drone with uh, robotic arms. But the problem remains that the drone is still stupid. Mm -hmm. It can't think for itself. It doesn't have artificial intelligence. It can't make the judgment call. It just runs its program. Right. Like it, it, we've mm -hmm. all seen the old movie about uh, Johnny Five. Mm -hmm. They mm -hmm. they just run programs. They don't what, get happy. What, they don't get sad. But Brian, but, what about Ghost in the Machine and AI? <laughs> Aren't you baking AI well, into your drones right now? <laughs> uh, don't I wish? Unfortunately, no. Uh, I do like to still be in control of the drones to to a certain <laughs> level. I don't want them thinking to themselves because a lot of the big ones have 18-inch blades that swing around. So. <laughs> We'll, we'll keep those, we'll, we'll keep, keep the, the thought for ourselves. But um, no, you're talking about the, the inspection side, and mm -hmm. it is only a matter of time until the drones will be doing the physical labor right. and the repairs themselves. Um, right. I, I asked Jonah to pull up something regarding the solar panels. SunPower has now released this drone. It's a panel cleaning drone. It has some level of autonomy, just like the iRobot Roomba thing. Um, this. Basically, you take this rig and you set it down on your array, mm. and it will trundle its way down um, the the rails and oh, yeah, clean the panels. Is and so it maintains your optimization for these solar farms. And I'm pretty sure Jonah's got that up. Ooh. Yeah, yep. he's, he's yeah. got it. Yeah, right. so you put a couple it's a, it's little whackers on the bottom of that. Yeah. That's, uh, just, it's, it's an optional attachment. It's only ten, fifteen thousand dollars. <laughs> yeah, oh, sure. see, now you got to patent that before they go and they design it. This on. is okay. really cool. <laughs> yeah. The the SunPower uh, Roomba. I wonder yeah. if this is SunPower actual tech. That's interesting. It pretty sure. Looks like it is. Yeah. And yeah. that's the last information I've seen of it. But it's it's incredible for these megawatt installations where you can now go out. Out and yeah, if you've got a system problem, you can send the drone out to inspect the flying drone, or you have the terrestrial drone to go out and make normal cleaning. Yeah, and then you know the soil duration component uh, of, of of solar farms is actually really significant, right? So depending on where you're at, depending on how much precipitation you get, if you have uh, dust and uh, you know accreted uh, part, part particles on the solar panels, that inhibits photons, that inhibits electron flow, that actually reduces the amount of energy production you're getting. So these things yeah. that are slapping right on, that are just like Roombas on solar panels, that to me is a a very viable technology, right? It certainly could uh, take off. Okay, so where are we at right now? Let's jump into, uh, we got one more left here, or is that the uh, the last article, Jay? That's pretty much it. The, last, the next one was about um, lightweight, flexible panels for UAVs that are actually, because it's a market segment that is growing, um, Alta Devices has actually gone through the process of really, really thinning out their flexible thin film. It is now thinner film. Oh, now it's like a sticker, basically, right? <laughs> basically yeah. that, yeah. It, it really is. I mean, you see see how they're, they're I mean, this is massively warped. <laughs> it's, right. It's basically a sticker that you can put on any surface and turn it into a photovoltaic generator. And so this is the type of stuff that they're using for those large aircrafts. They have a very different aircraft design here. Um, looks like a B2 bomber, actually. <laughs> it's a little scary. Well, Flying Wing um, has the but, most Yeah, Flying area. Wing had exactly that. So that, that, Whoa, I'm sure that's what they're looking at. efficiencies are off the charts, too. And the efficiencies are really, really good um, for these thin film panels. 28.8%? Uh, 30.8%? Yeah. I'd like to get my hands on what? some of those and find out. Yeah, right. Well, let's say, remember, it's still, it's still prototype stuff, but, right. it's, okay. but, it's, okay. but it's coming. <laughs> Look at cool. that. 
Yeah, so the, we've got that. That's just what you're talking about, about you know, optimizing generation, minimizing weight, and creating more and more utility yeah. and more and more capability with, with drones for various services. Yeah, right. Alta's on its way. Yeah, <laughs> and then finally, um, this, the, the big Boeing. Yeah, the big uh, Boeing drone. This, this was this is a relatively new thing, but it, this is a what, what did you call it? An experimental aircraft. Yeah, it's now it's an experimental aircraft, and Boeing has the ability to do this because of their contracts with the government. Um, that they built a drone, a multi rotor, that will lift 500 pounds. That's a quarter ton. Quarter ton. Whoa. So these guys are out there designing bigger and better machines to, and they're all electric. So we still need that PV, we still need the wind, we still need hydrogen, we need a way to get the electrons into the motors and turn them back into mechanical energy. You can move a lot of things uh, with that kind of payload capacity. I mean, I started well, I, thinking about, you know, even like forest fires and stuff. I mean, I guess, uh, you know, oh, yeah. you, you have the opportunity to really move around some remarkable, and it, yeah, I mean, geez, is this thing actually in production right now? Can you buy it's, this? It's not or a production you... ship. It's it's a, no. like I said, experimental aircraft. Yeah. It's a one-off that they built to test a concept but or, you could build or, it, or right, a system. Um, I could build it. I couldn't legally you fly, couldn't fly it. it. <laughs> uh. <laughs> Which is too bad because that could be fun. That would be um, but it's but it's a lot like um, I mean the Chinese one they they shipped Santa Claus actually it was a girl in a Santa suit and some and some presents along the way um, with with the drone. Oh, this, that was this, the, past, that, this past season. What was the name of that drone? That's the one with the actual personal. Oh, that's the, that's the, the, the little shuttle. And that's being tested in Dubai. And yep. for everyone's reference, uh, Mayor Arakawa actually referenced drones of that type and the drones that are being tested in Dubai. Uh, we asked him if he thought that was something that could happen in Maui County. He certainly said that it was uh, he it wasn't impossible. Yeah, he, he expects one in his closet. So you know, he uh, wants his Jetsons jetpack. Jet yeah, is what that's he said. what he said. So <laughs> that's a pretty good run through what's going on in the future of drones. I think. Uh, and and Brian, did you have some takeaways that you wanted to kind of like share with us? Uh, you know, from your perspective. Pretty much the last thing I wanted to talk about was the FAA's involvement with these drones and the the flying type specifically. Uh, the FAA has in the year early years they had no. Real no recourse. comment. Yeah, no comment. <laughs> we didn't do anything. And then they all at once said, no, no commercial flights. It's illegal. It's against federal law. And then they came out with a 333 exemption. So if you had a pilot, then you could actually fly for money. Um, until just recently, the Part 107 licensing and permitting from the FAA came down. So you can test in and then get um, your license to fly commercially. Anybody, so, can okay. you can Anybody, can Anybody can do that? Anybody can do that. You just have to test license? into it. Yeah, you just have to go and you test into it. Uh, if you want to fly for fun, go fly for fun. But if you want to fly for money as, as a business, you do need this permit to fly. Do you do that here on Maui or do you got to go somewhere else to do it, do you think? No, you have to go to Oahu. That's the local FISDO, uh, the, oh. the FAA testing facility. They should have a trainer how, here how, on Maui. How difficult is that? Is it a computer test it's, and an actual flight test? Or no, it's a, like just a, a computer aircraft? test. Just a computer test. Yeah, you, you sit down in front of a computer. It's a multiple guess questions. And <laughs> <laughs> multiple guess. Yeah, but you either get your pass or fail. So in, if you want to fly, by all means, get a drone, fly, but please educate yourself and know what the FAA, which is the Federal Aviation Administration, and the AMA, which is the uh, Academy of Model Aeronautics. Both of these are great resources for how to fly and fly right. Just mm -hmm. use your brain. Yeah, and safe. We've all seen yeah. the video of the guy at his wedding getting smacked in the face. Whoa. Right. Whoa. Yeah. <laughs> it, wasn't, so, it wasn't fun. So this has been The Solar Coaster with Brian Vericard. Can't thank you enough for coming in today. It's been my pleasure, guys. I, I personally learned a tremendous amount about uh, drones, uh, through what's going on, how we got here, where it's going in the future, and in renewable energies, which is our thing. Yeah, you going to buy another one? Uh, yes, I definitely.
definitely um, <laughs> when I have an extra few bucks. So, <laughs> hey, right. folks, thanks so much for listening to The Solar Coaster. It's been a great show. Uh, we are sponsored by Maui Solar Project, Sonin Battery, Pika Energy, Tabuchi Electric America. Check us out at solar-coaster.com. And thank you very much. Like and subscribe. <laughs> Hello, Hello everybody. Have a great weekend. <laughs>